0: Hi, my name is Casey Cunningham. I'm the director of programming and discipleship at Westminster United Methodist Church. I have a master of counseling and a master of divinity from Asbury Theological Seminary. Over the years, I've worked with over a hundred couples on their marriages and I found that there are a few issues that can make or break a marriage. Last week, I talked about respect. Today, I will be talking about trust and over the next two weeks I will talk about ways to work towards healing. The last two weeks will be on boundaries and forgiveness. If you didn't hear my talk on respect yet, go back and listen to that one soon. As I said, today we are going to dive into talking about trust. Scripture talks a lot about honesty and trustworthiness. I will be quoting scriptures from the NIV today. In Proverbs 10, 9, it says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. In Luke 8, 17, it says, For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Oftentimes, we do things in secret, thinking no one will find out. These things, these scriptures tell us we are kidding ourselves. Each time we do this to our spouse, we are breaking trust and damaging our marriage. And almost always, it comes out at some point. In Colossians 3, 9, it says, do not lie to each other, since you have taken on the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Christ calls us to something better, an honest life. In marriage, trust is this understanding that says, "I have no doubt and believe what my spouse is telling me is true. This could be about any topic or experienced. Trust is broken when at some point your spouse has not told you the truth, either through an outright lie or through omission. Robert Brault is quoted as saying, every lie is two lies, the lie we tell others and the lie we tell ourselves to justify it. Some examples I've seen are, are our spouse saying he or she is or was somewhere they weren't, Instead, they were somewhere else doing something else that they are not telling their spouse and keeping it a secret. This lie can be for a benign reason. Maybe you just don't want to hear them get onto you for shopping again, or maybe you really could have skipped that meeting, but you didn't want to go pick up the kids. This does not have to be a betrayal of your vows to be a betrayal of trust. Trust is broken when one person, for whatever reason, chooses to lie to their spouse. You might say you're at work when you are actually playing a sport with your buddies or getting a spa treatment with your girlfriends. Or you might say you're on the road when you are really when you really haven't even left where you are at yet. In these situations one has to ask themselves, why do I feel the need to lie to my spouse? What is the underlying reason and how can my spouse and I work through this? I'm going to repeat that. Why do I need Feel the need to lie to my spouse. What is the underlying reason? And how can my spouse and I work through this? Because one little lie can turn into two little ones. Then it becomes a bigger lie. And then you become more comfortable with telling those lies. Another example is you might be out with a bunch of people eating dinner. And you tell your spouse who is there. But you leave out certain people who are there. Then your spouse finds out those people are there and you intentionally didn't mention them. This kind of betrayal of trust can cause a spouse to go down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out why they would leave that person or persons out. It also makes them question whether you were telling the truth from that point on when you were saying who was actually with you. This is the pitfall of any lie. One that seems benign or not is that your spouse now will question whether you are telling the truth to them in the future in these same circumstances. And it could also cause them to question whether you are telling lies in other areas of your relationships, since you seem to so easily tell lies about this. Another one I see often is lying about how much you spent on some item, or how much money you spent shopping, or that you bought an item at all on all of these examples above they sometimes seem small and not a big deal but they can become a big deal quickly the person being lied to begins to question your honesty and integrity in every area trust is broken as i said earlier the question you need to be asking yourself is why did you feel the need to lie in the first place then you and your spouse need to use good communication skills and conflict resolution skills to discuss the underlying reason and work to resolve that. You might need a counselor to help you do this in a productive way. Then, there are much bigger breaches of trust. These are the breaking of vows or things like addiction that can wreck so many parts of your family. This could be an affair, infidelity, pornography, gross misuse of your family's money, drugs, alcohol, or even a gambling addiction, verbal, physical, or emotional abuse. These kinds of breaches of trust take a lot of hard work to heal from. Both parties have to want to heal the relationship and be willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen. The one who has done the betraying has to be repentant and willing to walk down a road that will sometimes feel like two steps forward and one step back or two steps forward and three steps back. This is the road to forgiveness and healing. It is messy, never the same for anyone and does not happen overnight. Not when a deep betrayal has happened. You might have times when you have talked through a certain issue and you think it's all good and then your spouse brings the issue back up needing to talk about it and you say I thought you were over this and the, the other person says I need to rehash this again because it is something I am once again battling trying to get my mind around. So you might have to rehab the discussion to give your spouse a renewed peace of mind So this kind of healing takes patience on both sides. You oftentimes need a safe set of people to support you in this journey. A counselor, pastor, friend, mentor, small group, not a whole lot of people, but enough to give you the support you need to keep moving forward and pointing you towards Christ. Nothing has to be fatal to a marriage, even a huge breach of trust, as long as the one doing the betraying acknowledges it repents, asks for forgiveness, and is willing to do whatever it takes to get to a better place. This will take a lot of patience and humbling on the betrayer's part. Both parties will need to be fully committed to working through the betrayal, and both parties will need to be willing to do the hard work to get to a place of healing. This might take months, to even years, and a lot of going backwards to move forwards. Over the next two weeks, we will talk about two ways you can work towards this healing. We're going to be talking about boundaries and forgiveness. But for today, some of you, before listening to these talks, had made the decision in your head, I'm done trying. This doesn't mean you plan on getting a divorce, but it means you're done trying to make your marriage better, fix the broken issues, etc. I get that. More than once I've heard people say, we are staying married for the kids, or I have just settled that this is the way it is going to be. Sometimes this is because you have not seen any improvement or acknowledgement on your spouse's part, or you cannot get yourself to a place where you're able to forgive this person. I've been married for almost 19 years. And as I've said, all marriages, including Christian ones, have their seasons. And oftentimes for those who have done the hard work towards healing, you would never know they had those seasons unless you were present for those and they te- or they tell you. People looking at most of my marriage would think we're good. But I've been in that place where I had taken steps to work through some brokenness, and my inability to forgive was causing there to be no more movement towards healing. And I can remember saying in my mind, I'll just make it work for the kids, but I'm done trying. So I was saying, I'll just settle for a broken marriage. Not long after that decision, I had this revelation that I didn't want to live the rest of my life in marriage broken like that. In the long run, that would be a pretty miserable life. And don't fool yourself. That misery would trickle down to your children. At that point, I said, okay, God, I don't want to live like this forever. So I need you to do a miracle in my heart. I started going to a random church that had services on Wednesday night, and they had a big prayer focus. I knew no one. And I would walk in and sit at the very back. I know I put off some type of vibe saying, leave me alone. I would sit there and sometimes pray on my hands and knees and ask God to soften my heart and help me to find freedom from my unforgiveness. This didn't happen overnight. In fact, it took months of hard work between God and I. My husband and I had been doing months of hard work of hard marriage work before that, but it wasn't enough because there was some work on my own heart that only God could do. At any point, I could have stopped, and we would have remained married, but had a brokenness. I do not believe that is what God wants for any of us to have in our marriages, and I do not believe that anyone really wants to live in a broken marriage. As I said in my talk about respect, God can help you to love and respect your spouse again. Let's add that God can help you to trust Spouse again, too. God can take a broken marriage and make it whole again. It might not be the same as it was before, but oftentimes that is a good thing. So, to sum up, if you have said, I don't trust my spouse in this area for whatever reason, or I know I'm telling lies to my spouse, or I am living a life of betrayal of my spouse, or I am done trying, you need to talk to your spouse using good communication skills to say, We need help. It might surprise you that your spouse has no idea you are feeling this way, so they might be caught off guard or be in denial. Don't let this stop you. Move forward towards healing. Confess your lies. Express your areas of distrust. You too might be able to work it out on your own, or you might need a pastor or counselor to help you. You might also need a mentor or a friend to support you as you get that help. But if you can say, any of those statements above. Your marriage needs help. As I said in the last talk, there is a cancer growing in your marriage and it needs to be cut out and treated. You wouldn't ignore cancer in your body, so why would you ignore a cancer type situation in your marriage? For some of us, it's not to the point of cancer, but if we don't do the work to get rid of it, it could turn into that. Next week, we will talk about boundaries and how boundaries can help to rebuild respect and trust. As always, if I can help you in any way, please feel free to contact me.